I'm Graham. Here we are on the In-Depth Crew podcast. That's Brad, that's Brian, and here we are, Kimball Musk uh, in the the books. What did you guys think of the episode? You go first. I think it's one of our most dynamic ones. I mean, we just did so much with him, and he's lived such a interesting life, and he's lived in so many different worlds in tech, the kitchen, restaurant tour, restaurant tour. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's one of our most interesting ones. Uh, what do you think, Brett? Yeah, to kind of echo Brian a little bit, it's it's interesting to do some to spend a day with Musk, and on a lot of shoots we do sometimes crazy activities. And this was kind of an interesting episode because we didn't really have that element of it, but we just did so much other interesting, cool stuff with him. I mean, even like the driving the car was like, usually I, I don't like car ride conversations. I don't think they, they sometimes don't add much. This was like very different because he's literally driving the car, no hands, pointing at the wheel and what's on the screen like as it turns and it just- That he it, helped it made, create. Well, that he helped to create, right, right. right. So th- that was, it, I mean, it's not in the actual episode for that long. There's a there's a clip associated with it, but it's stuff like that. It added a level of like intrigue and just excitement to it, of something that's usually kind of a more mundane. Okay, here's just the extended part of the interview, but in a car. It was funny when he was showing me that it did not even register for whatever reason uh, initially. I go go back and I watch that video. I'm like, man, I look like an idiot here. Navigate to. The kitchen American Bistro. We're gonna let it drive it to to the restaurant. What's your best guess in terms of how far away we are before it's approved? Right. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, is there anybody that we've profiled that is more interesting than Kimball? I don't know necessarily more. I, I think there's equal parts as interesting, but yeah, just from from coming from South Africa, apartheid South Africa, to rising to be one of the most famous families in the world is a remarkable story. I mean, in terms of backstory, like Misty Copeland obviously has a very interesting story. She's not on the level globally that, you know, Kimball Musk is. Um, I, I Maybe it's just because it was recent, but I think David Blaine's story is really interesting and that episode was really dynamic for right. a lot of different reasons with the magic. Right, yeah, I was trying to think because there are people that I would argue are as interesting. You know, Blaine's interesting, Tom Hanks, even Richard Branson as mm-hmm. example. But I mean, he, he Kimball was partly responsible for creating two of the world's most important companies and came from literally nothing. Right. It's crazy to think that like he got a fifteen million dollar payday by selling his by selling Zip2, his first company with Elon. And like however many years later he ends up with nothing. And and the mindset that you'd have to have to take all that money and just you're so hungry for to be an entrepreneur, to make a difference and like okay, let's take all of this and put it towards something where then all of a sudden it's gone. Like, it's tough to even wrap my, my brain around that. And I think uh, to that same point, not only reinvesting it all, but getting that $15 million payout he got for, for his first company, Zip2, and then going to New York to the French Culinary Institute and getting yelled at and ripped a new one by chefs just being broken down being humbled, and then on top of that, you go to be a, a line cook after that, making like 
$15 an hour. This guy's a millionaire and he's like doing these jobs that like you would never think someone of that stature would do. But yeah, it, it is interesting because one would think that as you have more financial success, you become more risk averse. Uh, certainly not putting your entire nest egg uh, on the line, but Kimball and certainly Elon as well, I mean, have like so many times risked everything. Brian mentioned his, his chef skills. He cooked for you. What'd you think of the eggs? <laughs> they were good. I mean, granted, I think anything that you put half a stick of butter in <laughs> is gonna taste good. And so now we have some eggs that are pretty much broken down by the salt for about a minute. And what, what difference does that make? Oh, well, you get the white in the scrambled egg if you don't let it break down. Okay. So I'm gonna put a dab of butter in there. <laughs> That's a dab of butter? Just a dab, you know. That's a lot of butter. <laughs> it was not just me, right? Like you saw, I mean, I even slowed down when I was rewatching the video. He literally, if there's sticks here, he like, like there, there's I thought the amount of salt he put in too was just a dab. <laughs> the of salt, he just like dropping the salt. It just kept going and going. I'm like, right. the whole bowl is gonna be salt. Right. After we were done shooting, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I like went back and took another bite. Before <laughs> nice. we so let it Oh, it was it was so good. But again, you yeah. put that much butter and salt in anything, it's uh, bound to be good. You were a little bit weirded out by one of his meals at the uh, at the kitchen. Was I? The the marrow. Oh, well, we didn't eat that on camera. We, we did ate that uh, after, it, afterwards, right, right. right? But you were, you were weirded out by that? Yeah, I, I'd never had bone marrow before. Uh, and it was like... That's so good. It's like snot that you're eating. I mean, that's literally what it it's just like looks the, like, and it tastes, it tastes like great. I would imagine snot great. would taste. No, that, what? A marrow bone is delicious. I mean, it's a delicacy for a reason. That was when I when I was in kindergarten. Um, when when I had to fill out like a sheet, like my favorite things, I put um, bone marrow as my favorite food. When I was six years Who old, and you? the teacher had to pull me aside, and I think she thought I was a serial killer. He might be. You never know. I don't. We don't. We don't know what Brian does when he's not here. Uh, Christi <laughs> Christiana, she was awesome. I think that was my single favorite part of the day. Mm -hmm. Going into the day. You know, they had asked for some examples of how, we, you know, when we had done a couple interviews in the past. And so I sent them some examples. And I think that kind of, you know, relieved some of the, if there was any anxiety over it. But it still seemed like day of, they were a little bit uncertain because after you got done with them, they were, Kimball especially was like, that was fantastic. Like, I really loved how that, you know, came across. So I think you did a good job with it. I always enjoy when you're talking to, you know, partners or a husband and wife together because the dynamics just oh yeah more fun um it would have been a big miss on the for us on the ambient story if oh we had not had gosh. both of them together yeah <laughs> so like i mean christiana could have told the story i'm sure pretty well but having both of them to go back and forth especially for that story was great oh and the, the look of just sheer embarrassment on his face when she's telling it is so great oh he proposed to me um on Ambien <laughs> and <Jesus>. then forgot. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. That is a dangerous medicine. <laughs> Wait, so how did that go down? Oh, uh, well like we went, we were going to bed in a hotel room in New York and we were like brush our teeth and we're like getting in bed and we're like, good night, good night. And then like he's laying there a little bit and he's like, you know, 
I really got to get over some things so that I can just feel ready to commit and marry you. And I was like, that's fine. You have all the time in the world. We're just, you know, on this journey. And he's like, actually, I'm ready. We should get married. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. And I don't know if they've done an interview together before, but they should, they should certainly do more of them because it's entertaining. Um, I believe that was the first time she talked publicly, uh, or at least during an interview, about some of her self-harming tendencies growing up and all of that. Uh, the part that I most regret not following up on, and we were just talking about this earlier, Brad, was she spoke about how, because he asks her about what her crazy is, and um, I think that connected to then him saying he is a little bit of crazy too. Uh, I missed a follow-up when she said that she then used that to help him or something like that, right? And I like such a blatant oversight on my end and probably what the episode was most missing was uh, his vulnerability. I just think you, you got a good piece of information and a good vulnerable moment from Christiana. And then I, so I think at that point, your mind probably shifted towards asking the next thing because you thought you were set on that topic. How about um, what was going through your mind when, when Kimball was playing some, some Johnny Cash for you? Oh, he's talented. Yeah. Um, all right, so what do you uh, want to play? Okay, so this is Johnny Cash. This is an easy one. This is uh, Ring of Fire. Okay. the part of that that I was most floored by was how he would spend dozens of hours in a week preparing for a show when he would have these shows. Like, I would never have expected him to spend that much time at it. But then you listen to him and you understand, yeah. like, that takes, you know, commitment to get there. I, I thought he would be good just for that reason. You, you mentioned how much he practices and everything, but I was still a little nervous because just one of the most awkward situations you can be in in life is when you're sitting next to someone and they sing for you and it's not good. Cause then like, you can't pretend to like it. You have, but you have to. And it's just this very like cringe moment. But then once he started singing, he was actually good. I was like, oh thank God. Well, and then nobody the clapped at the end besides me. Which I was did, kind I of did. awkward. I didn't I'm like, yeah, I did. Well, we didn't know what the rules were. It's like, we don't clap when like, you get a good answer on a question. Oh yeah, but when I'm looking around like, 
<laughs> and then nobody's like, yeah. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I think that's I saw it twice. And then <laughs> that, nobody else is supposed to come it's down. Like, it's like an interview. That's the first time I've ever uh, actually uh, told that story. <laughs> well done. So I had no intention of uh, making the Elon request when we did this interview. And then I sat down with Kimball and I'm like, we just spent the day with him talking about his life. And I talked to his mom, May, as part of the prep for it. We talked on camera with Christiana. We talked to his head chef, like all the folks that played key roles in his life. Like how do we not bring up talking to Elon? And uh, obviously it uh, didn't work out, but I, I think that's probably my one regret coming out of this, that we didn't get a bite from Elon talking about the role Kimball has played in his life. Because Kimball does interviews all the time about Elon. You've never seen Elon do an interview about Kimball, and each has played just as consequential a role as the other in one another's life. This yeah, episode I, is so jam-packed. Like, obviously, we would have, we would have, if, if Elon had, you know, graciously accepted and had done the interview, we would have found the space for it. I, I don't know what we would have cut in this, but I, I would argue you guys would have cut the cost plus stuff. I so I actually weirdly found that oh, interesting. Brett's shaking his head I, off. Yeah. I, I actually was a proponent to include yeah. that. Yeah, I like that stuff too. I mean, that, that is probably on the list of things that would have had to uh-huh. get chopped eventually. But I was actually, I was trying to keep that if possible. I, I mean, that's what, it's like remarkable. It's like basically Boeing and Lockheed, their contracts with the government say, uh, we will get paid by the government as long as it takes for us to do this project. And then if it takes a lot longer than planned, we're still going to keep getting paid. And then once we're done, you're going to give us an additional 10%, and that's going to be profit. And the 10% just keeps getting bigger the more <laughs> yeah, money that gets right. put into it. Right. So you have no incentive to actually finish the job. Right. And then SpaceX came around, and they're like, I mean, that sounds like an amazing deal, but you know, instead of this costing a billion dollars like it's normally cost, we'll do it for $50 million. And the government's like, well, wait a sec, we don't want to pay less for this. And SpaceX is like, no, no, no. Like, you don't have to, like, pay us unless we complete the, 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 the task. And by the time SpaceX completed the mission, Boeing had yet to even get something launched, right? Something like that? Yeah, I don't think they even had a launch, a successful launch. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And this is a startup. Company. Yeah, yeah. It's remarkable. Yeah. They completely like changed the way space travel is. Well, and, and even too, they're, they're actually still kind of trying to, for a while, to get back to where the space program was in the 60s. And, you know, they're, they're getting there now. But it's amazing how much uh, step back the U.S. took in space travel over the last 20 years. One of the more fascinating people we've uh, ever covered uh, for Brad, Brian, I'm Graham. Goodbye.